everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So this week, we're going to discuss something that has become the reality of our lives. Okay, bad jokes aside, we're talking about reality television and whether it's all that bad for us. So to start off with, um, let's ask everyone, what's your favorite reality show and what do you personally like about it? This is Shrishti, your host, by the way. Okay, so hi, I'm Rajveer, the culture editor. I'm gonna very staunchly position myself on one side of this debate and say I think reality TV is really bad uh, for people who watch it, for people who are in it. Um, and I do not have a favorite reality show. I think the last thing I watched was maybe, I don't even remember what the last thing I watched was. Hey, this is Aditi and uh, I used to watch a lot of reality TV around last year or last last year like a little bit and very local specific reality TV so like you can think a lot of roadies and a lot of roadies alternatives. Hey it's Carla. I am with Aditi except perhaps more staunchly in the pro reality TV camp. Um, I think I'm not I'm not going to agree with the sort of highly moralistic and I would say intellectual snobbery um, of the position that reality TV like has no value and is destroying the fabric of our culture and society. Um, I think we can actually find a lot of value in it. Wow. Love this. I am a medium watcher. Actually, I, I don't I'm not too into reality TV like Rajvi, but I think probably I watched the reality show I watched the most is Real Housewives of New, New Jersey. <laughs> so I, I don't feel very strongly either way about it. Um, but I just wanted to understand what do you think is the psychology behind why people watch reality TV as opposed to like any other genre of television? Okay, so I actually looked into this and it's kind of fascinating because the academic research on this over the course of the past 25 years or so, as reality TV has become more pervasive, has actually done like a full pendulum swing. So about 20 years ago, when you look at the research that came out just as this was becoming a popular genre, right? And as things like, you know, Survivor and Temptation Island and some of those where there were real allegations of like, you know, there were violence, there was harassment, there were allegations that people were um, very, you know, sort of, purposely and deliberately going after other contestants' mental health. I mean, there were all sorts of these like negative and dark um, aspects of those competitions. And there was a whole slew of academic research at the time that came out saying that the people who watch these reality TV shows are highly voyeuristic, um, that they have some sort of sadistic tendencies, that they like to watch others be humiliated. Um, and so there was a lot about that. And that, um, and also, of course, there's this undercurrent of like, people just want to see lives that aren't theirs, right? Whether they want to, whether they aspire to have those lives or they want to look down on others, they want to just have this window, this sort of, you know, be a gawker um, into other people's lives. So this is something that people thought in the academic research was what happened like when it first started, right? Like, I feel like that's still why people watch reality TV. So I'm like, not sure what you mean by the pendulum swinging. So I want to know about that. 
Yeah, so the more recent research that's explored this has actually, um, a lot of it has done almost like an about turn. So there's one study that actually I think came out in 2019 um, where the researchers basically concluded that when viewers um, really connect with a particular type of reality TV, they usually are doing it out of empathy. And so the viewers tended to be more empathetic and show more ability to connect and feel empathy with what they were watching. Um, than people who sort of didn't, you know, weren't regular watchers of it. Um, and then there, there have been these other studies that have basically just concluded that, look, you know, our media evolves and our media changes over time. And the sort of the, the more recent kind of academic research position is, this is just an evolution of viewer interests and desires as media has evolved in this direction. And sort of concluding the way Aditi phrased it, which was just like, some people like it, some people don't. You know, some people like cooking, so they watch the cooking shows. Some people like fashion, so they watch the fashion shows. This is just part and parcel of like what our media is now. And you can't make any sort of value judgments on somebody's psychology because you watch the, I mean, the same way that you can't make a value judgment on somebody who wants to watch Friends or doesn't watch Friends, right? This is just part of our TV and our media now. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's a false equivalency. Like, between like friends and like a reality tv show like i don't know big boss or like roadies or something like i think reality tv is like a thousand times meaner uh whether that meanness is like manufactured or not um so i just feel like it's like a completely different genre of show that i somehow just can't like boil down to oh you like fashion shows oh you like comedy oh you like this um because that is like a significantly negative thing that i see uh, like very constant across every type of reality show. I want to ask, what's what is mean about it? I mean, there's like so much, like I say, manipulation and like bullying and like for example, okay, like roadies, like that's essentially the like people just yelling at the contestants, like those Raghu and Rajiv people, like literally yelling, cursing um breaking somebody's spirit down and like studies show that people who show up to reality tv shows already have narcissistic tendencies and so are like hiding a low self-esteem um and then they're kind of met with this very uh precarious like situation in which like like they are psych tested and um their kind of traits are exploited for whatever effect on camera so i mean all of this is inherently negative and manipulative to me okay as uh as the podcast roadies defender first of all no kink shaming <laughs> and secondly uh i think but that is what it was the like the biggest and most interesting appeal of that particular show right because like the way that show was almost marketed it was to this idea of sort of uh attaining uh like a certain amount of coolness like a very masculine style of coolness via doing several drills and via earning this appreciation of a strict taskmaster. It's it's escapism in a way. Like you would never realistically take somebody's bullshit in like any other context. But here somehow it's okay because like you're in on it and it's funny and sometimes and like it's dramatic. The most important part of it obviously is the fact that you are in on it. If you're not, obviously no way that's gonna be okay. 
Interesting. I also wanted to ask like one thing in response to Rajvi, your question, which is, I mean, I had the same opinion starting out, but I think we think of certain kinds of reality shows when we think of reality TV, like we think of a roadies or we think of a Real Housewives or Keeping Up with the Kardashians or Big Boss. But actually in India specifically, the most popular reality TV shows other than Big Boss are like KBC, Kaun Banega, Karodpati, which is a game show um based on like quizzing then there's indian idol which is like a singing talent show there is nach balie which is a dance talent show india's got talent whatever i mean basically to give these examples to show that there is like a huge amount of reality tv which doesn't actually rely on um embarrassing you or humiliating you yeah i mean so i don't know if any of you have ever seen master chef junior so Master Chef Junior is when like the little kids cook, okay, and the judges are really nice to them and they give them really good helpful feedback and you see these kids being like dedicated and creative and incredible and like I've watched this show with my kids and they learn about like empathy and, you know, healthy competition, like what it's like to like compete, but like all the kids are really nice to each other. They 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 like help each other. It's beautiful and I learn about cooking. I don't like to cook, but I learn about cooking. I get to see pretty things. It's like, it's perfectly nice. I mean, the fact that I'll let one of my kids watch it means that there's nothing, I don't think they're learning anything negative from it. But even things like, um, there was a show in the US called So You Think You Can Dance um, uh, about 10 years ago. And it was lovely because there there was none of what happens in some of these competition shows where part of the spectacle is the judges tearing people down. The judges purposely were always really sort of um, helpful and constructive in their feedback. And it gave people an opportunity to talk about their backgrounds and their lives. And I don't see anything harmful in those. So I agree, Carla, that I think there can be a few shows which have these like positive portrayals and which teach us a lot of things. And a lot of us who grew up watching MasterChef Australia again, because it was the only show on Star Wars playing for most of the time, will will feel that way. But I think that a lot of them also have a very negative effect on people in terms of not just the effect that it has on the people who take part, but also in terms of the effects that it has on our worldview, right? So when I was looking up on like criticism of reality TV, overwhelmingly, uh, the kind of studies have found that it tends to reinforce uh, gender stereotypes and racist stereotypes. I mean, obviously, this has been done in the context of the US. And one particular argument that people make is that because children and adolescents have a lot of access to television and because, you know, reality TV is really popular and now on almost every channel, that that ends up negatively impacting them and informing their worldview to a huge extent. Yeah, but it's not only that, Trishti, it's also the fact that you can apply that argument to anything we consume. Like, all of these stereotypes are reinforced in all the advertising we see. They're there in scripted television shows. They're there in the films that our kids watch. Like they're there. I mean, they're there in everything. Right. So I don't think that I think placing the responsibility on reality TV to somehow negate all of these pervasive stereotypes and issues that are rampant all over everything that we see and hear all the time. I don't think that's Fair. Now, obviously, some are going to be more, you know, there will be some that are highly problematic and then people hopefully will recognize that and not watch them. 
Yeah, so it's really interesting that you brought up MasterChef Junior because it reminded me of an Atlantic article I read like a while ago, so I had to go and dig it up. But essentially, um, it's talking about how see again, it is a show that like encourages like children to like see something creative as something that's being valued and appreciated and there's like a healthy competition thing where everybody like they're not even being horrible to the kids like they're being all very encouraging all the time uh but this gender stereotypes thing that you talked about shrishti um it's uh like there, there's like a very big critique of like just like the the male white judges on master chef master chef junior like gordon ramsay like little things like uh he would tell the white boys like oh i i see myself in you or like it would it would be like if you're like whipping something to make a cake then be like okay whip it like a man or some like these very subtle things that i agree karla like children will anyway consume at any time uh in through advertisements or movies or whatever like obviously there is very little that we can do to control every single gender stereotype thing that they consume but uh I'm not saying that Master Master Chef Junior shouldn't exist. Like I love watching it. Uh, it's a very wholesome show. But I think there is should be like some kind of regulatory thing or some kind of sensitization, especially when it's kids that these people should go through. Wow! Just need a moment to take. You know, judge told a kid to whip it like a man for like a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something so like that. Uh, we can link the article. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's so strange. but i i don't know like i i mean as the person who had to do all the digging up on the criticism i found a lot of it like reminiscent of the kind of critique of media in general right and like there's that whole theory of like media harm and when television first came into people's lives there were all of these things that it's an idiot box and it's going to eat up your kids' heads and there's that famous roald dahl poem also about like a television set and what it does to a child's brain and i think we've come to a point where we I think our aim as a society should always be to be critical about the things that we're consuming but not really to stop like the way should be if you don't want people to consume and contribute to the reality TV show market maybe the focus should be on like education and and the kind of media that we want to create and consume but for a lot of the critiques that I came across I think the bigger concern for almost all of them was the impact on participants Yeah I mean there is a huge 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 impact on participants and um I think more than the fabric of society and all of those arguments I mean I guess at the end of the day it is to each their own uh but when it comes to participants I really feel like there is a very big wrong thing that's happening behind the scenes uh that needs to be fixed like so I was reading this article in which uh, they're talking about US reality TV stars who had like died by suicide in the past decade and the number was 21 which is for a, such a small group of people it's a very high number um but uh, essentially the biggest problem here is mental health um i want to kind of uh, give you guys like excerpts from this salon article since we are on this master chef a uh, topic uh, the the article is titled i am a master chef survivor <laughs> and then the first two sentences of that article is if you take 300 people and push them to an extreme stress level some of them will die under the pressure i believe producers of reality shows know this is true so is this person jessica glen uh, who was uh, on the third season of master chef us and um, she essentially was supposed to sign this like 
confidentiality agreement and everything but somehow like sh- like her paperwork just like fell through the cracks and they only asked it from her after the whole thing had happened and she was like fuck no i'm not going to send you these papers so she went and then kind of disclosed everything that goes wrong uh, behind the scenes here so <clears throat> you know she's talking about like how they almost kind of like pick the winner beforehand depending on like their traits they do psych- psych- psychological tests on them to figure out which traits they can exploit they let people through only for comic relief so they're only there so you can make fun of them um and then she's talking about the contract itself she's talking about how um they she had to kind of agree to be subjected to physical and mental distress she had to agree to let them use her medical history in any way they wanted uh, and use it in perpetuity she had to agree that like her family would not be contacted in case of an emergency um and she's talking about how um like they would pair up people who don't fit so if she is an atheist and if she likes organic produce then she'd be paired with a very devout christian lady who likes like food coloring and like sugar uh they paired like an israeli person with a palestinian person and the palestinian person i think quit within a week or something okay but rajvi you know this reminds me of that tv show unreal i don't know if you guys have heard of it but basically um it is a scripted like fully produced acted tv show um that is based on uh the experience of a former producer on the bachelor and so basically the show is meant to show you sort of the dark side of what goes on with all of the production on one of these sort of romantic competition tv shows um and yeah i think should i give the big spoiler alert i mean there are a lot of mental health issues there's a lot of manipulation the entire what is it three seasons of the show i think that are out are all about the various scheming and manipulation that goes on to basically set people up to freak out on camera um and it's a really grim look at what goes on yeah and so i mean i think i i was like reading reviews of unreal because when i watched it i was like is this really what goes on behind the scenes and so almost every critic has kind of like said that the show is a little bit exaggerated but the idea is the same like you know you pair people who don't work well together you kind of egg people on to pursue things when you know they're going to lose in the end but you still want that for the camera effect um and just like what that does it's quite accurate as what's in the show so i want to like tell you guys like th- there's like almost like a mental health hierarchy depending on what kind of reality tv show it is and like how people um are affected by it um so like the the healthiest even though i just read out this master chef thing is like shows like master chef or project runway which is essentially like a networking system for people you know like you go you don't you, i mean there are so many skilled people there you don't really know that you're going to win you just kind of go and you hope that it, it like is one more step toward a career that you want and this is all from like this vulture article that's um spoken to a lot of uh, psychiatrists and psychologists um then there are shows like big boss uh which is like constant surveillance like you know that you are being watched and one of the biggest uh 
like effects of this on the people are that they are essentially playing a part right when they know that they're constantly being surveyed um and so like if they don't go or get anywhere after the show ends they might just keep playing that part to maintain that connection with their audience and for them psychologically like the personal and the professional the lines become super blurry because essentially their entire life becomes like a performance and uh, that's also very stressful to keep it up all the time i'm sorry i have a counterpoint yeah so the the agreement that you described that that former contestant on MasterChef uh, said that, you know, she was given and that she then didn't sign after the fact. If somebody gave me that document to sign, I would say absolutely not, right? I mean, the truth is, if you're being given that document ahead of time, are we not holding these contestants at all responsible for their own choices? Like, do they not have agency? Are they reading these documents? If you read that document and somebody says, you agree that if, you know, if you have an emergency, we're not gonna call your family, that, you know, you we can access your medical records and exploit them to basically sell this show. I mean, you know what you're getting into, no? I mean, sure, but I feel like these shows have also very like, like emotional like aspirational value attached to them uh that i mean most of the time people go into these shows to then either if they, even if they don't win they get something out of it right like a book deal or like this kind of partnership or that kind of partnership or whatever some kind of a, a tv appearance or something like that um so i feel like those uh, the aspirations that these kinds of shows set up for people maybe those become more important to the contestants than their privacy or uh, maybe they're willing to overlook the fact that this is happening which i'm not sure is completely taking away agency from the contestants but it adds a layer to why they might be willing to overlook something that's bad for them but i think it's really important to recognize that for so many of the especially in these competition shows this is a massive, massive opportunity for them. And so I think it's unfair to paint this as entirely a one-sided manipulation. Like there is active participation for gain on both sides. And I would just say about the Real Housewives franchise, because I think this is a really interesting example. Um, the, the most successful sort of cast members of the Real Housewives franchise have turned their time on the show into massive businesses and people who audition for the show now and new cast members and new parts of the franchise, you can see it like these women are highly ambitious. They are there to launch businesses. They are there to brand themselves. They are there to promote businesses that they already have. These are business women like they are on the show for a reason. And so, I mean, we can't just ignore the fact that there's a quid pro quo in this you know, sort of almost immediate celebrity that people get from being on this show. Yeah, I think actually that makes a lot of sense. Like if you look at fabulous lives of Bollywood wives, someone like, I've watched that whole show, someone like Neelam or Seema Khan are using the show to advertise their own jewelry and clothing lines. And they're using it as a launching pad to like, you know, uh, Mahib Kapoor is, her daughter is coming on the show and there's like a soft launch for her. There's a justification of Ananya Pandey's struggles in that show when they show an emotional moment with her parents feeling emotional about her struggles. So I think it's definitely something which can be used as a platform. And in that sense, I guess it isn't all bad because <laughs> it could be good for the people who use it. And even for Big Boss, I think a lot of contestants have sort of, sort of used it to relaunch their careers. I mean, I would argue that Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wise wasn't even that much of a glimpse, to be very honest. Like, it was... Uh... 
I mean, I don't think I got anything from that show that I wouldn't get if I spent like two hours on each of those people's Instagrams. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like maybe we shouldn't even call it a reality show if we are holding reality TV to a certain kind of standard. But honestly, I think at this point, we have to sort of give the audience some credit, right? Like they are 100% in on it. Like uh, it's been a while since reality TV existed. And uh, even the sort of thing that you guys talked about previously about how uh, they pick up uh, interesting characters from like with for comic relief or something like that uh, and put them on in front of the audience. That's been like that's been happening in reality tv and it's very obvious to the point that it's actually been scooped or like spoofed on uh, fictional shows like say arrested development and the office i think it's more along the lines of like uh, the audience operating from an irony perspective or the audience operating from a brain dead no thoughts perspective please leave me alone type of perspective yeah, I think I agree with you completely, Aditi. I think that these days everyone's in on the joke. The producers are in on it. The actors slash participants are in on it. And the audience is definitely in on it. The only thing that I think the audience is, isn't 100% in on, or even like say the participants, is that this is like a vague theory I got from two different sets of uh, writers. So uh, one of them uh, was basically... Uh, uh, a journalist called Amy Kaufman who wrote a book on The Bachelor and she basically pointed out that like uh, producers are more likely to pick up on people who are uh, more uh, neurotic and are in so many words more likely to have a mental health problem or a personality disorder in so many words and uh, that was like and then there was another essay uh in trick mirror a book called and the essay is called reality tv me and uh it talks about the writers uh, sort of uh, foray into like a very small reality show and after a while while she's writing the essay she goes to check in on the most problematic the most problematic character in the show and she discovers that this character incidentally had bipolar disorder so that what was what was interesting about this is the this fact and uh, is that uh, there is a possibility no matter how faint that reality tv may be a medium that might like the more hostile of reality tv may be a medium where people with personality disorders are ex- in a way exploited and they probably don't know it the audience definitely doesn't know it and well that's the train wreck you get to see Aditi, I think that to your point, I feel like it's such an important point because I didn't really think about it before. But as you say it, I think probably the most harmful part of reality TV is that it makes us laugh or like use people's pain for escapism. And those moments, and we know that there are some, and I think maybe the fact that we think that it's manufactured a lot of the time is actually even more harmful because in the moments where it's real or where they're actually, like you pointed out, that there is a set of stimuli which is, set up to make them feel pain or for them to be hurt we're laughing at them and that's our escapism and I think that's super troubling because when I was thinking about it what is the difference between a documentary film or a documentary series and a reality tv show um the difference is that I think one aims to tell a story and one aims to make its its main characters 
empathetic and sympathetic and and it its aim is to help you understand things in a complex way like capturing the freedom freedmans which is one of the most controversial but one of the most powerful documentary films right but in reality tv it's the opposite it's like taking your most dark moments your most complex emotions your most hurt feelings and like breaking it down for people to like laugh at or like for people to make memes out of so i don't know if that's like a, for me it's just I don't know. I feel like that makes all of it a bit sad. I don't know, Shristi. I think it's sad unless and until you think that the person is consenting in the process. Right? If the person who's participating is consenting and has sort of adopted the persona that the producers have designated for them, right? And is sort of happy to be portrayed that way and is participating in that portrayal and actively building whatever that persona is for their own personal gain however they interpret it it doesn't feel as parasitic to me and it doesn't feel as sad it's still personally i wouldn't want to watch it cuz it would make me uncomfortable right like i wouldn't want to watch that that would be the type of reality tv that i would avoid um cuz it wouldn't make me feel nice it would make me feel guilty and horrible but i don't have a problem if people consent to it but you know like a lot of the things that we've discussed about the harm that reality tv does and like how it sucks as a genre is now like common knowledge like we also acknowledge like in surveys the first thing in an american survey the first thing that people you comes to that people used to respond to reality tv show is fake and trashy so the, so the important question is that is it really that fake and trashy or like why is it so bad compared to like a lot of trashy tv shows which are fictional for instance so the the one thing that i think in many countries of the world or uh, the way that we regulate fiction is not the same as how we regulate reality tv like reality tv can get away with lots of like drama lots of manipulation whatever we have talked about so far like lo- a lot of aggression and meanness um that otherwise wouldn't fly in scripted shows so that's something that's like one point in which it's not worse but it's just been allowed to run more rampant uh than anything else that we normally see I'm simply looking at the economy of the entertainment industry and I feel like reality TV comes at a real cost to like good quality shows right because it's easy to produce it doesn't require you know huge scripting teams the talent is very very cheap so they have the highest profit margins and so a lot of for, for a lot of uh TV channels and like broadcasting agencies uh, broadcasting um agencies it's actually easier to produce reality TV content as opposed to fictional tv shows and movies and i think we lose out <laughs> as a society on like good television because of a uh, reality tv so that's my biggest case against it look at this intellectual snobbery <laughs> but listen i'm sort of sick of i'm sick of defending the reality tv shows because the truth is is that i have the same intellectual snobbery like i don't think that they're on the same level as the fiction shows that i watch and love The point is that they provide me with a different type of fulfillment. They provide me with something cheaper, easier, faster and like sometimes more enjoyable. I think the only other redeeming quality like uh, of reality TV uh, regardless of genre and regardless of plot is that they're universally hilarious. Like they're just funny. Like the most 
absurd to the most serious to the most melodramatic to like no matter like i think that's a more personal opinion it's my personal redeeming factor but like i have never seen like i don't know man i just i just i just need, if i need something to laugh at i will look at reality tv like everything from like i don't know a cat fight to like a really sad, like a uh, inspirational story with something sad going on in the background it's all just funny to me it's like a road chatty film sometimes you just want to watch the most over the top character be over the top so like yeah sometimes i want to watch the human equivalent of like i don't know several cars flipping over or something like that is just it's just funny <laughs> i think the human equivalent of that is definitely big boss of several cars flip, flipping over as an argument on big boss um but i think ultimately because we've gone on so much like back and forth i think we had a lot of disagreement in this episode about the harms of it do you think it's possible to sustain or keep like these positive factors intact while also managing the harms and what do you think that could look like do we have an example of like an ethically produced reality tv show which is like harmless i think it would be hard to know because we can't possibly really know what's gone on behind the scenes um but i do think that as reality tv stars are gaining more power like the more mainstream this genre is and as the participants themselves gain more power in this process it obviously is going to become more equitable and then i also think that viewers choose ultimately through their viewing habits um you know what are the shows that feel more ethical to watch right the ones that purposely humiliate people and drive them to the brink you know i personally don't watch those i never would you know if people don't want those around they should not watch those and then they should watch the ones that feel like they're showcasing people's talent or you know there's something that you can learn from you can get a window into an industry that you never understood before um or ones where it feels like the stars are empowered and they're gaining something from it and this is them building their business and their brand so they're you know they seem fine with it i mean the, those those all seem like fairly ethical manifestations of this yeah i just think that the 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 genre of reality tv that's like manufactured drama like that part i'm not sure can be sustainable because i i i don't think it can ever get realistic because realistic is calm realistic is cooperative you know sobering like it's not cat fights it's not uh like like violent manifestations of jealousy or whatever um so i don't think that will be sustainable even from a production level uh if they were to make it more i don't know like relatable like it has to be a train wreck for people to want to watch it and in the process of making it a train wreck like it's wrecking people's lives wow what a sentence <laughs> oh my god so dark and i feel very judged although i am going to recover by watching some reality tv tonight <laughs> on that note see you next time and we hope you don't hate us but whatever actually that we had enough diverse opinions for everyone to find like a reality tv persona with each of the participants on this podcast <laughs> sorry i'm trying very hard to come up with something on that note is anything even real <laughs> <laughs> it's all a dream <laughs>